welcome to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Listen and grow as Dell questions the status quo, encourages you to think differently, and empowers you to make a better life. Get ready as Dell challenges core beliefs, seeks the truth, and reveals the roadmap to the lifestyle you really want. And now your host, multi-millionaire, national award-winning investor, CEO and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, Del Wamsley. Welcome to the Del Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. I'm your host, Del Wamsley, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. It's been 35 years now, and I've been doing this for a long time. It has become my dharma, you know which is that which you were put on this earth to do, uh, well past the point of doing this to make money, well past the point of doing this to stroke my ego. I'm at the point now where I feel like every person I miss is a challenge. And when I say miss, I miss the opportunity to share with them the simplicity of becoming financially free as opposed to the complexity a um, very famous person once said, uh, please give me the simplicity and way on the other side of complexity when it comes to getting things done. Because there is always a complicated way to look at the world and a simplistic way to look at it. And everybody would have you believe that the complicated way is the way that you need to look at life to be successful. I don't believe that. I don't believe that for a second because at 34 years of age, after two and a half years of buying single family rent houses, I was able to retire at 34 years of age. Now, I've been involved in businesses ever since then because I don't know if you really understand this. If you retire at 34 years of age, there's really nothing for you to do. I mean, yeah, you travel. I've been all over the world. You do take all kinds of vacations. You have lots of hobbies. I have so many hobbies. I was thinking about the other day. I have so many hobbies. I now can't even get them all done because I had so much time to delve into each one and get excited about it and then go, okay, well, what about this over here? And go change it out. But the bottom line is, is you need something in life to keep you focused and helping other people is what's done that for me. So I've decided that at this point, the simplicity on the far side of complexity is requiring me to get back into teaching real estate again. Now, the reason for that is because what's happened is the market has changed from a seller's market uh, where the, the brokers basically dictate what the prices for these properties are by having a bid, and the highest bidder wins. And highest bidder wins but loses because they paid too much. That was, it was possible to get around that loss by the fact that interest rates were 2 and 3%. And you could pay an astronomically too high price for something and still get financing for it, especially if you're willing to put large amounts of money down. That was all acerbated by the fact that all of a sudden they made syndications legal to the average person out there on the street, which had no idea what they're doing. And all of a sudden, all these wackos were syndicating deals that didn't make any sense at all. And hence, that started people bidding the prices up because you had to bid against the wackos. And the wackos bid the prices up so high the deals made no sense at all. So finally it all peaks, boom. If you've ever played that game where you run around musical chairs and the music stops, there's one chair less and somebody is out. Well, that's what happened in this marketplace. The feds changed the interest rates 
raised them back up, and all of a sudden people that pay too much are now stuck in real estate that will never sell for what they paid for. Never, ever, ever sell for that in their lifetime. It is now uh, likely that almost every deal out there is a 20 to 40% lower price than it was two years ago. So you say, well, did that kill you? No, because I didn't buy anything overpriced. Secondly, I only bought stuff that I want to hold on to for a long period of time. And so there's, I have no urgency to sell it. And as the prices started coming down and keep coming down, I just kept buying on the way down, on the way down, on the way down, on the way down. The problem is, and the reason why I'm coming back to teach is because people don't know how to calculate the value of a property when it's on the move. And I do, and so I will be teaching this. Now, I've I've chosen to teach in Houston, Texas uh, this coming March because it's in my city. And it's easiest for me to get the information out here in my own city. So I will be teaching on uh, the 9th and 10th of March in Houston, Texas. There is a case study associated with this is where we show deals that people have done recently. So you can see what I'm talking about in real time before we get into the class where we work on basically the information necessary to understand and develop these kinds of principles. But the case study is the 7th of March. All this is in Houston, Texas. And if you want to get involved, I've set up a price that's lower. Normally it's 740 for one year. We have discounts of 500 for one year. Well, right now, I've got a deal out there for you for 297 for two years. I'm just doing this because I want to fill this opportunity up with people that need to, because of the marketplace today, need to get involved. Now, understand this. We make money in real estate when the market's going up. When the market's going down, I'm buying all the time. I bought even during the time when the prices were rising, but I bought in a different way. And I'll teach people, and I have taught people how I did that. But the reality is, is that right now, the opportunities are much greater than they were two years ago. And the people that bought two years ago are probably wishing they had waited till now to buy, but hindsight's twenty twenty. If they would have bought correctly in the last two years, they'd be okay. But many of them didn't pay attention to what they were doing, didn't listen to what I said. In fact, lots of them didn't listen to what I said. And hey, that's their prerogative. We can't stop people from doing what they want to do, starting businesses the wrong way is their prerogative. You know, that's something they could do. But if you want to get to this thing for that discount, go to DellHelpMeNow.com. That's D-E-L, Dell, like Del Taco, D-E-L, DellHelpMeNow.com. One, one, the whole link is together. So today I'm going to go over some emails, and what I'm going to try to show you today is that people really don't like common sense. They really don't want to listen to what I have to say. That's why I have to do this live. Because letting other people teach my material has gotten to the point where, I don't know if they're even teaching it the same, but people are coming out of the classes saying, doing things that just don't make sense. So I've got to get in your eyes, in your face, in your heart, and teach you some things that make sense. I'm going to show you some emails today, and I get tons of these emails all the time, where people are asking me nonsensical questions that prove a couple different things. One, they don't know what they're doing. And two, they won't listen to what I say, even if I tell them to do it. And so I'm going to share some knowledge today on the radio with these people. And I'd be willing to bet most of them will either say I'm wrong or they don't want to listen to me anyway. And so all I'm trying to get you to see is that you need to come in and spend time with me. 
so I can show you how much you really need to see and understand how powerful these tools are because they are astronomically powerful. Like I said, two and a half years after I started, at 34 years of age, I retired doing just houses. That's all I did. Now, later on, I went to apartments and grew faster and made way more money. And then I started growing exponentially because I did exponentially sized deals compared to what I was doing. And I'll show you all that too. But the, the concept, the principles is what you need to get. And if you get those principles, you get those concepts, then we can show you how to find these deals, put them together, and produce financial freedom for people who are tired of the rat race. They're tired of living a life of quiet desperation, going to work every day and sitting in the cubicle. If you're one of those people, you need to get to Houston now. I don't care if you have to fly in from somewhere else, take a cheap flight, get a cheap hotel. In fact, if you get a hold of our office, they'll help you find a cheap hotel if you need one. Um, but you need to get there because this is going to be probably one of the largest opportunities um, probably this year to be able to get involved. And you're doing early in the year, so you can get involved early in the year. All the deals are still out there. And um, I want you to come in and be involved. So go to DellHelpMeNow.com. And for the rest of the radio show now, we're going to be working on these emails. Let's see if we got a short one here. It says, hi, um, I listen to business-related podcasts and read books, and none of them provide as much detailed information, content as your real estate podcast. So I wanted to ask a business-related question, please. Sometimes when I have above-average profits per month, I throw extra principal towards the business debt. Doing so reduces my net profit on paper. So I wonder if when applying for a new business loan, should I tell the lender that it looks like I do not make as much profit because I always make additional payments to lower my high interest rate loans? Also, should I stop doing that so that my net profit looks higher and just keep paying the higher cost of the business loan? For example, I could make $30,000 gross profit one month with 10,000 expenses, but would pay an extra five grand to make it look like my expenses are 15 grand and less profitable when I save money. All right, here's the problem. The whole problem, this guy doesn't even know how to do accounting. He's doing cash-based accounting as opposed to accrual accounting. The real world, business, all business, every business, every real estate transaction is based on accrual accounting. Accrual accounting is where you line up your incomes and your expenses and you pay, you account for them even if they're paid or not paid. So in this particular case, this guy is calling his principal reduction, which is actually an asset. When he pays principal reduction, he's increasing his net worth. It actually should make him look more profitable. But that occurs on a balance sheet, not on an income statement. There's no place on an income statement for principal reduction. It can't occur on the income statement. So this guy is using cash-based accounting as opposed to accrual accounting. And why do people do that? Because it's really simple. Money goes in one pocket, money comes out of pocket. At the end of the day, what I have in my pocket is what I think I really made. What is the problem with this? Well, as he explains, when you do cash-based accounting, it looks like you're broke. In fact, most people that use cash-based accounting do it so they do look broke so that they can write off anything and everything that they spend money on 
so that at the end of the year they have no income, so they pay no income taxes. That's really the theory. But you have to think about this for a second. If a person at the end of the year pays no taxes because they have no income, how did they survive? How did they pay for their house, their car, their food, their clothes, school, everything else? So it's a lie. Cash-based accounting is a lie. Now, bankers know that. So he's saying, if I go to my banker, I show that I paid this, this cash, it's, he's going to look at me and say, I can't do it. Look, that's not the way it works if you use accrual accounting. Accrual accounting, at the end of the year, because I don't count expenses like debt coverage and other expenses that aren't real expenses, or they're put in the right place, at the end of the year, I show a massive profit. You say, well, Dell, don't you pay taxes on that? Yes, in the front end, you pay taxes on that. But then when you do your tax return and you come back and you have real estate depreciation, you get that all back. So in the end, like, I mean, I've gotten as much as I think, um, I think the most I ever got was $2.2 million back in one year. You say, back? Yes, I paid it in. I got it back. But with accrual accounting, it shows that I make that. Now, when I go to the bank, unlike this gentleman, the banker goes, hey, you, you made $2.2 million. you pay taxes on, or you made whatever it is, I guess. It'd have to be 40% of some number, so let's say that's uh, $8 million. So you made $8 million that year, and you paid in two, and you got it back. Cool. So you made $8 million. Whereas a cash accounting guy would say, look, I made nothing. This guy right here that's writing this email to me is going to probably bring it to his you know, CPA and, and show that he made no income. Well, he's going to bring it to the banker, too. And so in this case, the answer to his question is he absolutely should pay down that debt. If he has that extra cash there, he should absolutely pay that debt down to get out of that high interest rate loan, if he possibly can, right? Unless he needs the cash for other things in his business, to expand his business and so on and so forth, or to keep a liquidity necessary to run a business. All businesses need to have a certain level of liquidity. I keep large amounts of cash in each and every business just in case, because you just don't know what's going to come. I mean, it's it's hurricanes, tornadoes, uh, robberies, murders. Yeah, the world goes on. Democrats take over and ruin an entire city. It all happens, man. And so what you have to do is you have to be prepared for that. But this, this accounting right here, this gentleman will not change his accounting. That's the point I want to make to you. And he will continue. This is something this guy's been emailing for a long time. And, you know, I've had a couple conversations with him. But the bottom line is he won't change that because he doesn't even understand what accrual accounting is. And he doesn't want to pay taxes, even though if he had real estate, he could get the money back. Now, maybe he doesn't have any real estate. We don't know that. But whatever it is, he's doing it wrong. Cash accounting is wrong. Accrual accounting is the right way to do it. And if you don't start with accrual accounting, then you'll never get to be a big business because there are no successful businesses run on cash accounting. It doesn't happen, right? And by the way, if you want to get in and see me and start learning this stuff, you need to come to my next two-day seminar, which is here in Houston, the 9th and the 10th of March. You can get to it by going to DellHelpMeNow.com and signing up for a discount. We'll be right back with the Dell Wamsley Radio Show.
with a roadmap to creating the lifestyle you really want. Keep listening. The Del Wamsley Radio Show returns in moments. Lifestyles Unlimited Success Stories. If you got laid off tomorrow, what would you do? Would you have to be working at McDonald's or wait to try and find another job with the downsizing the economy? Kept on coming to meetings, even with David Fisher online and stuff like that, but still, we just like, we need to make the jump. So we kept praying for time to get this job done, to, to be able to find the properties. How do we find the properties? How do you find the time? And God answered our prayers, and he got downsized from his corporate job. This house was a dog, and... Through the rehab, I think we turned it into a little pony. You bought the house for $73,000. Correct. And your appraised value actually is $144,000. You put in forty five dollars worth of work, so that leaves you a net equity of 11000 with a return on capital gain of 70%. The cash flow is $458 a month for a cash-on-cash return rate of 35%. In person and online learning dates at lukstudy.com. You're hearing the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Want more life changing knowledge? Access our podcast and listen on demand at lifestylesunlimited.com under the radio tab. Now, your host, Dell Wamsley. Welcome back to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Today, we are talking about. Um, why people don't understand business, real estate investing, et cetera, et cetera, and talking about how hard it is for us to get people to change their belief about business and why it's so important that we do. Um, that's why I've gone back to teaching. I've got a class set up for March uh, that I'm going to teach here in Houston. And let me look that up. That class is the 9th and the 10th in Houston. You're going to don't want to miss that. Go to Dell helpmenow.com and get signed up for that class with me. But let's talk about this next email. It says, um, oh, this is this is a very painful one. This guy wants to buy a rent house where his kid is going to school. Um, and I told him not to do it. He wants to buy a rent house, buy a college. Now, this one really seems like a logical thing to do. Um, I've only recently started listening to your radio show, and I've learned so much from you, but I have a question. My wife and I have a daughter currently in college. She is required to live in a dorm for her first two semesters, but now she will be able to move out. We are considering buying a four-bedroom house near the college and allowing her to live in the house and rent out rooms up to three other people. If we get 400 per bedroom per month, that would more than cover the mortgage. After our daughter finishes college, we plan on keeping it as a rental property. Consider it will be a rental to college. Okay. So I said, look, I've told people in the past not to do this. Uh, I had one member I told not to buy college housing. He went ahead and bought college housing, uh, big apartment complex, college housing, and lost all of his money and all of his partner's money, millions and millions of dollars on the deal. What you don't understand about college housing, it's not normal housing. Okay, there's lots of things that are different about college housing. One, you've got tenants that are only there part of the year. So although you think you're getting all this income, you're only getting it part of the year. Part of the year, they're not there. Secondly, you've got people that are kids living in your asset. And I don't know if you've ever met kids away from home for the first time or not. I was a kid away from home one time, and they're very hard on assets. Thirdly, if this is in a college town, college area, you're then stuck 
to only other people that want to do with college. So will the value of the house go up or down? We don't know. If you could use all the techniques that we teach to buy a great investment property and it is close to the college and you want to try it, you might make it work if and only if you took classes on how to lease to college students because it's complicated. Um, There are requirements and restrictions against leasing to kids and students that are not normal lease problems. So my life always says, keep it simple, stupid, right? That's my principle in life. Keep it simple. Don't do the things that are very complicated. That's why I told this guy not to do housing. Now the guy's gone from my program because he lost millions of dollars. And he isn't mad at me for losing the millions of dollars. He's mad at himself and he's embarrassed because he's got all these partners that he lost all their money. And, but I told him, I told all of his partners, his partners know that. And so now he can't be around because his ego is destroyed. That's what happens. This guy right here, it's a very logical thing for him to want to do. I get that. But if he doesn't take some class on how to do it, it's just as easily an upside down problem that he'll end up wishing he'd never done. And I said, you know, why don't you go buy a investment grade property somewhere that makes lots of money and then take that money and buy your child student housing? He said, well, I'm wasting money. You're not wasting money. If you think going to college is a good investment, then what you have, you are investing in your child's education. So go take the money and make a good business decision with it, not a bad business decision, simply because you think it makes sense to try to get out of paying for housing. Let's move on to this next question. So here's a gentleman that contacted me. We have two or three emails back and forth. I'm going to kind of just round this up for you and explain to you. He's talking to me about, first of all, you know, he has HOA deals that are problematic. And is there any deals in Dallas, Texas that aren't HOA deals? And so I had to ascertain a little bit more from him what he was trying to talk about. And what I came about was a couple of his deals were condos. Now, I've told you for 30 five years on this radio in every seminar I've ever done there is a page in the book that says don't ever buy condos because I only have a few minutes left in this segment I don't want to go into that long dissertation although I will another time but don't ever buy condos now his point was the HOA fees kill you and the HOAs have too much control all that is true but what's even more important is you don't really even own the building you only own the airspace inside the unit condos are not real estate investments. They're places that are inexpensive for people to live where housing is super expensive and all you're doing is renting airspace. You don't really own the building. Okay. Then he goes on and talks about some other HOA problems, which I ascertained were single family houses. And I asked him, what do you have against single family house HOAs? Because we buy 90% of the stuff we buy is in an HOA somewhere, but the HOAs are pretty mundane. They're mundane. No, that's not even the way to say it. Uh, They're toothless. They don't really have too much power Uh, on you being able to make money. And he brought up a point where he bought one house in Dallas where they uh, didn't manage the HOA very well and they didn't enforce the rules. So some people had paid too much for trash cans and he thought that was excessive and that made his HOA fee maybe go up. He didn't even say it did, but he just said they did dumb things. And yeah, I've always said, the only thing dumber than an HOA is the people that are in the HOA because only dumb people would take the time to get involved in HOA. And he even admits it. Nobody even goes to the meetings because nobody wants to go to the meetings because the meetings are useless because you've got 50 people that know nothing about managing a piece of real estate telling each other how they should do it. 
uh, 20 people or 10 or even five people cannot make good decisions. Anything that has more than one head has got to be a serpent in life. And I don't want to be a part of any group of people making group decisions. And that's what HOAs do. However, on the other side of his question is, we buy tons of houses in HOAs because single-family HOAs don't have the power and or they don't disrupt in general sense as much as a condo association. Now, some do. you got to look at them before you get in there to see what your association will or will. I've seen associations won't let you rent houses, which is insane. And especially in certain areas, like if you get in a very highly Democratic area, Democrats like to get together and rule power over people and say, you can't rent this out unless we get to see your tenant and screen your tenant for you and blah, 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 blah. Crazy stuff. So in general, stay totally stay away from condos. And on the other side of it, sir, uh, it's go ahead and do single family houses in Dallas even though they have homeowners associations. The numbers got to be right, though. And he made the point, if it all works out on the spreadsheet and the numbers are right, I guess I go ahead and do it. The answer is absolutely yes. That's what you need to do. So now, before we get out of here, I want to remind you one more time, I am coming back to teaching. I'm going to do a class in Houston, uh, March 9th and 10th. It's a two-day. I'm going to have a case study before that on a Thursday night on March 7th. You don't want to miss this stuff. I don't care if you have to fly in from anywhere in the country. Come in. You will be with me personally for two full days. And if you go to the case study, three days. And I will be doing intense educational material and answering every single one of your questions that fall anywhere in between the stuff, although most of the material is so dense that it covers just about everything you would ask. But even if you do, you got me right there. We'll be going to lunch together, dinners together, cocktails together. Uh, it's going to be a big event. You're going to want to be there. And you get in for next to nothing. It's with the discount that I'm giving you right now, you can't miss on this thing. And so go to DellHelpMeNow.com and sign up for this two-day class. It's DellHelpMeNow.com and sign up for the class. The class you want is the Houston two-day, March 9th and 10th. That's the one you want to get to. And uh, I want to see you there. I want to work with you personally. I guarantee you this. If you show up there, I don't care if you fly in, you walk in, whatever it is, you fly into this thing and spend the time, you will look me in the eyes and say it was worth every minute that I took out of my life to come spend this time together. I will make sure you understand how people get rich. I will make sure you understand how people get richer, how people maintain their wealth, and how people just starting need to change their lives to be able to fit into that group. When you go there, you're going to meet people that have done it, people just like yourself, and you're going to be able to spend time with them and network. This is something you don't want to miss, guys. This is a big one. So I'm, again, going to ask you to go to, right now, DellHelpMeNow.com. DellHelpMeNow.com. Get yourself signed up because you're going to need probably a hotel room, some way to get there, right? And there's cheap flights in Houston all the time. So I look forward to meeting you all personally. And remember this, it's not the money. It's the lifestyle we'll be working on. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow.
for listening to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Want more of Dell's unconventional wisdom? Go to lifestylesunlimited.com and click the radio tab. Listen to past shows, hear podcasts on demand, and find out how you can change your life today. The Dell Wamsley Radio Show is part of the Lifestyles Unlimited Radio Network. The information and opinions you hear on the Dell Wamsley Radio Show are those of the host, Dell Wamsley, his guests, and his callers, and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Dell Wamsley Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Dell Wamsley Show constitutes an endorsement, recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.